0: Thanks for tuning in to Gray Avenue Christian Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and points you closer to Jesus as you daily strive to seek Him in all that you do. May God bless you. John chapter 8. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open to John chapter 8. Unfortunately, we don't have coffee for you uh, this morning. Well, we do have coffee, but it's not the fancy lattes, right? Uh, How many of you enjoyed those lattes last weekend? Anybody get their hands on one of them? Good stuff, right? Yeah, so if uh, Gina, uh, you're watching, Brian, you're watching, you guys were a hit. So um, John chapter 8, oh, wait, I, I went too quick. We don't have coffee lattes for you, but since it's so hot out, we thought, why not cool down with the popsicle, right? So... Come join us after service, and we've got popsicles for you. And we've got sugar-free ones, too, so if you're worried about the sugar and uh, the popsicles, we got you covered on that. Uh, John chapter 8. If you're there, uh, stand up, and we're going to read God's word together. We'll pray, and then we'll dig in. Sound like a plan? Yeah. It's okay if you want to interact with me this morning, say amen. Just don't throw tomatoes or anything at me, Philip. See, so yeah, I, t- I told you. Okay. <laughs> Verse 12 is where we'll start, and we're going to go to verse uh, 16. Uh, I'm reading out of the ESV translation, uh, and the words are uh, are the scriptures up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. Uh, Verse 12, again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisee said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from, and I know where I am going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Lord, thank you for your word. God, we thank you that as it goes out, it accomplishes its purpose. God, your, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and, and it's able to pierce into the places of our hearts that nothing else can or no one else can. And so, God, I ask that you would use your word to convict, to comfort, to encourage. Ultimately, Lord, to use your word to point us closer to, to Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we can come here and we can open our Bibles freely. Not worrying about somebody trying to come shut us down or or persecute us. Lord, we're not there yet, but there will be a day, and when that day comes, help us to be ready for that. Help us to stand for righteousness. Even now, help us to stand for righteousness. So God, as we Read your word as we dig into your word. I pray that you would just release a fresh outpouring of your spirit in this moment. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You all can have a seat. So today, we're going to be talking about judging. Now, some of us may already be a little squirmy in our seats right now because we might have found, found ourselves judging this week. Or maybe in the past, judging a person, or judging a place, or judging a situation. Uh, at one point, we have all fallen prey to this one particular issue in our lives. Judging. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and see who judged this week, so don't, don't worry. But we got to recap a little bit. So Jesus is, is, is in the temple... Right? And the Pharisees and the scribes bring this woman caught in the act of adultery before Jesus, and they say, "Jesus, the, the law commands us that the one who is found in the, caught in the act of adultery is to be stoned, to be killed. And Jesus, without saying a word, starts writing in the sand. What he's writing, no one really knows. He could have been doodling. He could have been playing hangman. He could have been writing the sins of the Pharisees and the scribes. But we know this, that one by one, the Pharisees and the scribes started leaving. Convicted much? And it's just Jesus and the woman. And Jesus asks her this question. Where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And her answer is, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Let let me encourage you with this. If you are in Christ this morning, there is therefore now no condemnation. Can I get an amen for that? You have been delivered from that. And so we, we found that, that the Pharisees start arguing against Jesus' testimony. He's saying, listen, you bear witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus uh, makes this uh, bold statement actually before the Pharisees says this. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And, and then then comes the argument. They're arguing that, listen... Your testimony is not true, Jesus. Like, there's no way that what you're saying can be true. And I love how Jesus then answers these people with three reasons to why his testimony is true. And last week, we looked at how Jesus' first reason to why his testimony was true is because he knew where he came from and he knew where he was. He knew where he was. Yes. All right. Good Bible students. And we talked a lot about identity and and, and who we were in Christ. Jesus had this confidence that he was in the Father and the Father was in him. And we can have that same confidence today. Because of what Jesus has done, there is not a gap between us and the Father. We have direct access and we can find our identity in him. The search is over. And that's good news, right? Thank you. All the way back there, Bob. (laughs) But we get to the second reason to why his testimony is true. And the second reason his testimony is true is found in verses 15 and 16. It says, you judge according to the flesh. Underline circle, I'll highlight that. And he says, I judge no one. But then he kind of says this weird, interesting thing. He just says, I don't judge anyone yet, even if I do judge. Wait, what? You just said, I don't judge. Kind of confusing me, Jesus. Jesus. But he says, even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. So judge, by definition, right, is to form an opinion or conclusion about someone or something without knowing the facts. Have you ever been judged before? One person. Okay, let us know how that felt. But as I started thinking about judgment, right, being being that we are very critical human beings of whatever we can criticize, right? I mean, whether it's the, the shoes you got on your feet or it's the decision you make that has nothing to do with that other person who may be criticizing you, we find some way to judge and criticize someone else. But guess what? You don't have all the facts. So I'm making a declaration for myself today that if I don't know all the facts, I'm keeping my mouth shut. You with me on that? But I started thinking about things we judge. How food tastes, right? Okay? Anybody been to the shack? Lee? You've been to the shack? You told me about it. Their burgers? I judge. Let's just face it. But the burgers, I, don't, I think they could care less if I judge them. Or how our coffee barista at Starbucks or wherever else does our latte art, right? Like they try to do this nice little flower with the foam and it just turns out to look like this glob. I don't know if any of you have that problem. Maybe it's just me and Elisha that are the big coffee snobs in this, this place. <laughs> or, or how a neighborhood is based off of the appearance of the houses, right? We go into some pretty rough neighborhoods and we automatically think, oh, these people must be poor. Or restaurants, restaurants, okay? So I have some funny named restaurants for you, ready for this? Oftentimes we base a restaurant off of its name, right? If you're going to go to some of these, I would caution you. In Wicklow, Ireland, there's a Chinese food restaurant called Soon Fat. You can laugh at these, it's okay. In Pembroke, Massachusetts, please do not visit this place if you're there. This restaurant is called Poopsies. I just said Poopsie in church, Philip. I heard you. <laughs> Okay. Cambridge, Massachusetts, this is another good one. You ready? This one, this one is called Poo Poo Hot Pot. You are all childish this morning. You're laughing at these words like we're back in kindergarten or something. It's okay, I laugh too. Or how about this one? This one's a little bit, I guess, more friendly. In Smyrna, Georgia, there is a Jamaican place called Jamaica Me Crazy. <laughs> or in Port Angeles, Washington, now this is a play on words for sure. Port Angeles, Washington, turn up the beat. Let it, let it sit in for a minute. Turn, turn up, get it, the beat, get it. There's coffee in the back. While some of these may be harmless to judge, right? I mean, these are funny names and immediately our minds start wondering, what does poopsies serve? I don't want to know, but I'm already judging what they might serve. While some of these may be harmless to judge, some other things are not, like people. Interesting to note that Jesus made his second reason to his uh, uh, testimony right when he met this woman. Right? He's, he's interrupted in the temple as he's teaching. This woman, adulterous woman, mind you, comes up and he's brought, he, she is brought in before Jesus with judgment written all over her because of the Pharisees and scribes. They said, this is an adulterous woman. And they were, they were judging the snot out of her. The Pharisees and scribes bring this woman, judging her, on the basis of an act and not on the basis of who her soon-to-be savior would be. They were looking at her for her sin. They were more than willing to put her down rather than lift her up, and the judgment they had on her was harmful. Now, when we see in the news that celebrities or sports stars or these megachurch pastors have fallen Uh, we're all over it. Their, 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 Their sin has been exposed and immediately we jump on them like we know all the facts about what that celebrity just went through, what that sports star just went through, what that pastor just went through. And it's like we were in the actual moment and we can judge it because we know all the facts. We love our human nature, loves to see people fall. If it's not us falling, then someone else is, and we're soaking that up. Why? The Bible answers it precisely. Because we have wicked hearts. And you might be saying, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I don't have a wicked heart. I have a pure heart. It's polished. It's, it's gold. And it, 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 I, There's no way I have a wicked heart. Well, change your opinion of your own heart because the Bible says that the human heart. Now, everybody got a human heart? Raise your hand if you have a human heart. So this includes all of us. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. I'm sorry to break the news. And then then Jeremiah goes on to say, and desperately wicked, who really knows how bad it is? We love to see when people fall because of our wicked hearts. Now, this may be an already uncomfortable message for you. And, and I'm sure you are probably thinking, okay, I'm going I'm to come in and I'm going to get super encouraged. We'll get there. But we have to get to the bad news before we get to the good news. And so if we look back in our context, we see that the Pharisees were seeking to pull that tiny little speck out of this adulterous woman's eye. But do you remember what Jesus said? Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3? Through 5, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Ouch. I wonder how many of us today have been walking around with a telephone pole sticking out of our eye. Really? And how quick we are to call out someone's, someone else's sin when our own sin has yet to be dealt with. We might see the way a husband talks to his wife and, and, and we might think, I can't believe the way that this husband is just talking to her wife. But you go home and you do the very same thing that you noticed this husband did. Or or I can't believe the way that she yelled at her kids. Man, I, w- I would never do that. And then you go home and you're just ripping your kids up left and right. Or, or you might have the thought, I cannot believe that cop murdered George Floyd. And all the while, you hear this verse in the back of your head, 1 John 3.15, anyone who hates his brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We are so quick to be sin sniffers rather than fruit inspectors. And all this comes from a wicked heart. Listen, judgment based upon our own premature thoughts and notions is from the pit of hell. You might be asking the question, then then what do do I make my judgments based off of them? My feelings, my emotions, how I feel in the moment? No, there's two things, God's word and the facts. Proverbs 18, 13, I love this. It says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. So if you don't want to be shameful and foolish, don't spout off before you know the facts. I think our tongue gets us in a lot of trouble sometimes. We we say things and we think we know all the facts. We know everything there is to know about everything and we just got to have an answer for everybody. Anybody know anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. But as we get into verse 15, we're only doing two verses today. We see how the Pharisees judged and we see how we judge. Verse 15, Jesus says this. He says, you judge according to the, help me out. Flesh, that's NLT, whatever. You judge according to the flesh. I was wondering why somebody said standards, and there is standards up there. Anyway, he says, you judge according to the flesh. Well, what does it mean to judge according to the flesh? Point number one, ready for this? We have our Ph.D., in meology. Christology, the study of Christ. Theology, the study of God. Bibliology, the study of the Bible. Meology, the study of me. We have our PhD in meology. Listen, I went to school, I graduated high school barely. I graduated from Calvary Chapel Bible College with an associate's degree, learned a lot there. I went on to Calvary Chapel University with a bachelor's in biblical studies, but one diploma or, or, or piece of paper I didn't get was from MU, Me University. But listen, regardless if you can actually see the physical piece of paper, we all have a degree in Meology. At this school, we learned that what we like is the only way, and no, there is no other way at this school that we, we went to, we learned what we think is the only way. And the way we think, nobody else can think differently. What we prefer is the only way. If your preference is different than mine, then it must be wrong. At this school, we learned how to be selfish. Now, I have a month old, a five-year-old, and an 11-year-old. You know one thing I didn't have to teach these kids, and I know I won't have to teach my, my newest one, is how to say the word mine. <laughs> right? Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners, we're all born selfish. I mean, my, my, my one month old hasn't gotten it yet. Like, he's not very patient, he wants it now. I'm kidding, he's a month old. But sometimes we can do the same thing, right? You, you don't have to teach a baby how to say mine. They pick it up like that. Listen, you may think you know everything. You may think that, that nobody else needs to tell you otherwise, but this tends to lead us to thinking that we are experts on ourselves and we are experts on everyone else. Can I tell you something? You're not. I'm not. The moment where someone starts talking to you about what happened to Susie at work or, or oh, did you hear about Jim? If a gym is watching, I'm sorry, I'm just using a generic name. Um, But the moment somebody starts talking to you and oh, did, did you hear this? Did you hear about that? Did you hear about so and so? I want you to ask them two questions. Get your pen and paper out, write this down or your smartphone. Ask them two questions. Next time somebody comes up to you, okay, and starts gossiping, judging somebody, criticizing somebody, you ask them these two questions. Do you really know that? And the second one, were you there? That'll shut them up real quick. Proverbs eighteen seventeen says this, The one who states his case, case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. People, make sure your facts are right. When it comes to, to people, do not think you know that person until you know that person. Now, let, let, me, let me just say this. I have been a part of a large church, a medium-sized church, and a small church. And in all of those churches, the pastors were talked about. They were judged and criticized, whether it be because this guy never talked about politics, so they thought, well, this guy doesn't really care about what's happening in our government. Or, or, or they talked about how, how he drove this fancy Audi, and he just cared about the money, and that's why they asked for tithes so much. Or he's always asking for money. That's all he wants is money. Pastors are judged and criticized every day. And this is not for me to bring out my little violin and play a sad sob story. I'm, I'm a big boy, I can handle it. But we make these judgment calls based off of what a, what a pastor has or, or what he says or what he does. My favorite, which I've got, he's too young, he doesn't know anything. You're laughing at that because the too young part is true. I don't know everything, but I've gotten that plenty of times. It's not just pastors. It's everyone. We are so quick to judge people because of our Ph.D. in meology. If it doesn't line up with me, then it doesn't fly with me. Last time I checked, God doesn't hand Ph.D.s out in meology. He hands PhDs out in brotherly love. It's what we should be aiming for. Our judgmental view comes from a very unbiblical view of who we are. And our example is found in the Pharisees and the scribes. They thought, compared to this adulterous woman, I got it all together. But why did they start one by one trickling away? Maybe because they didn't have it all together. They had a very unbiblical view of who they were. So what it means to uh, to judge, uh, number two, to judge in the flesh, it means we have a brotherly love dysfunction. A brotherly love dysfunction. Now by definition, dysfunction means not operating normally or properly. The Greek word for brotherly love is You're supposed to have it ready. Phileo, right? You just told me that this morning. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a relationship love. It's a friendship love. It's a brotherly love. Despite your skin color, despite your nationality, despite your past mistakes, it is a love that says I'm choosing to look past what you've done and not judge you based off of your skin color or what you've done in your past. Can I get an amen for that? William Barclay says this, Jesus dealt with his right to judge. And his coming into the world was not primarily for judgment, it was for love. Jesus made his statement, I am the light of the world, was not to judge the world. Yes, it was to expose the world of its sin to help them to see that they're walking in the dark, but it was ultimately to help these people know that they could come to a light that they would find love in. Now listen, as Christians... Brother to brother, sister to sister, if there is a sin in my life, if there is a sin in your life, we are to hold each other accountable. We are to make sure that we're keeping on the same page as one another upon what scripture says. And that is called evaluating. See, we are called, like I said, to be fruit inspectors, not sin sniffers. Because we are really good at looking for the faults of others just to judge him or her. We want to sniff around for sin, and if there's any sin, we want to call it out like that. But like I mentioned, we're so unwilling to call out our own sin in our own life first. And the reason we judge is that we forget that we are commanded to love our neighbor. Mark chapter 12 Verse 30 through 31, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And sometimes we just stop right there. We're like, that, I can do that. That's an easy one for me. I can love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, strength, but that's easy. And then we get to the second, and we're like, wait, my neighbor? You want me to actually love my neighbor? Oh, God, I don't know about this one. This one might be a little bit too tricky. But listen to what Jesus said about both of these commandments. He says, there is no commandment greater than, than, than these. He, he, he's saying, listen, all of the commandments that you have in Leviticus, the, even the Ten Commandments, Jesus is saying, listen, all of those commandments are not as important as loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself. He's saying, those other ones, these ones matter. The issue is is that we have forgotten to love our neighbor. And so, what it comes down to is we really have two options when it comes to judging. There is a judgment that is based on human knowledge, human standards, which never sees below the surface. And there is a judgment that is based on the knowledge of all the facts. And guess who has all the facts? Not you, not me, Jesus. He alone knows all the facts. So it really leaves us with this. Matthew 7, verse 2, For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So, do not judge. Do not judge. And how Jesus judges and how we ought not to judge is found in verse 16. Jesus says this, Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Listen, since Jesus knows all the facts, it makes him merciful as no other can ever be. It also enables him to see your sins, even the sins that are hidden from others. He knows all the facts about you, and yet he's still wild, crazy, in love with you. That's good news. Amen? It's kind of scary to know all about us, and there is one that knows all about us, and he still loves us. The judgment of Jesus is perfect because it is made with the knowledge which belongs to God. So, how are you feeling? Great. Great. Now let me ask you another question. Are you guilty of judging? Don't answer that. <laughs> if you are this morning, if you are guilty of judging, I would encourage you to go to our merciful Jesus, who knows your hidden sin, who knows my hidden sin, and ask for forgiveness. I want to close with this story. It's, it's found in Luke chapter 18, but there was two men that went to pray. And you probably heard this before, but there was two men that went to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. And the Pharisee's prayer was, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, swindlers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I receive. In the tax collector's prayer, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. We all need the mercy that Jesus offers. And he's willing to give it today. Would you join with me as we spend some time in reflection and prayer. Lord, thank you for your word. God, we thank you for knowing all the facts. God, you know the facts of everything. Every person, every situation, every scandal, everything that has been exposed whether it be a celebrity or pastor or sports star or even us in this room. God, you know everything. God, and I pray that for those here this morning, that would be a comforting thing, knowing that you know everything, yet you still love us. You still care for us. You still provide for us. You still want to be with us. Even in our darkest of days where we have been so incredibly judgmental, God, you still love us. But Lord, we ask for your forgiveness now for where we have judged even our own brother or sister. moment. You would just stir in our hearts. God, correct us where we have been wrong, where we have had premature thoughts and notions about a person without knowing all the facts. God, your forgiveness, your mercy is new every morning. God, I pray that you would stir our hearts to come to you this morning with the same prayer that that tax collector had. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Because that's the reality of it. Is that we are sinners in need of your mercy. So Lord, in this time of reflection, God help us not to speed through it. Help us not to rush through it thinking that we got to go somewhere afterwards. But, Lord, help us just to, to, to hash it out with you. God, if we have judged somebody, bring it to the light. Help us to see it. time of reflection to you. So Lord, have your way in us. Speak to our hearts. Move us to action. Help us not to just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. God, we commit this time to you.
1: Amazing grace. The reason why we love our Father so much is that He gives us that amazing grace uh, on the on the daily. I feel uh, so. I pray that this week you remember that that we have a good Father who's willing to give us that grace, uh, that unconditional love that He has for us. So yeah, I pray that you have a blessed week, everybody. Thank you all for coming. Uh, we enjoy worshiping and spending time and Austin is holding up popsicles. We have popsicles in the back for everybody who wishes to have a popsicle. Enjoy your week, everyone.
0: Thanks so much for joining us on our weekly sermon podcast. We pray that this message encouraged you, comforted you, and pointed you closer to Jesus. If you need prayer or if you need a place to fellowship, Visit us on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You can also visit our website at www.grayabcc.org. Have a blessed week.